Hey, welcome. Welcome River Glen, everybody. Welcome everybody online and uh, here in Waukesha, over in Pewaukee. Uh, great to have you with us. Thanks, thanks for making time for River Glen in your uh, weekend. Hey, before I get started, uh, I want to let you know next weekend we're beginning a, a new series. It's called uh, Rebuild, and it's going to focus on the story of uh, Nehemiah. It's a great story, an amazing story of how God used Nehemiah to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. And God can rebuild anything in our life and make it better than ever. So we hope you'll join us. It's going to be a three-week series. Hope you'll join us next weekend. This will be a great series to, to invite someone to come with you. Well, today we're wrapping up the series called Atomic Habits, and we're talking about how do you kill a bad habit? I'm going to assume that uh, all of us would admit that we have at least one bad habit, right? I mean, habits are kind of interesting. There's good habits, there's bad habits, and everything in between. And uh, sometimes you may not even realize that you have a habit. I came across a, a survey of some just trivial habits that I'd never really thought about uh, before. For example, this first one, how many of you like these things? How many of you like a peanut butter and jelly uh, sandwich? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, quite a few hands. I love PB and J. According to Smuckers, who of course make jelly, 96% of Americans put the peanut butter on the bread first. You know, I never thought about that. Yeah, I, I do that. And that's a high percentage. I mean, there are not many issues or many things that 96% of Americans agree on, but we agree on peanut butter first. And uh, if, you're in one of the, if you're one of those in the 4% of uh, jelly uh, first, come down front after the service and uh, we'll pray for, for healing um, for you, okay? Uh, here's another one that surprised me. 96% uh, of Americans at some point have been in the habit of biting their fingernails, chewing their fingernails. That, that didn't really surprise me because that's a pretty common uh, habit for people to have. But what would you guess would be the percentage of those who have uh, bitten their toenails, chewed their toenails? You might be surprised to find that 25% of Americans have bitten their toenails at some uh, point. Some of you are like, you know, I would, I would just like to be able to, to be flexible enough to be able to do that. It's not even an option uh, for, for some of us. One more, last one. Uh, when do you put gas in your car? When do you fill up your gas tank? 25% of people, when the tank is half full, they're like overachievers, I'm gonna fill this thing up. The majority of people wait until it's a quarter full. They, they, they fill the tank. And then there's another 25% who wait for the light to come on and they go another 10, 15 miles to see how far they can push this. All of us have habits. And you may not even realize that 40 to 50% of what you do every day is not the result of thought out, carefully thought out decisions. It's simply a habit. Now, I give you some examples of, you know, light, trivial habits. But here's a question for you tonight. Do you have a bad habit, maybe a destructive habit that you would like to, that you would like to break. Maybe, maybe, maybe for some of us, it's a habit of uh, late night snacking. Maybe some of us binge watch Netflix or TV and we don't get enough sleep. Maybe some of us have a habit of smoking that we would like to quit. Maybe some of us would admit that, you know, I drink, I, I wish I didn't drink. Uh, so much. I, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know, why did I do this again? Why God? Maybe for some of us, it's painkillers. 
or pornography. Uh, For others of us, it might be relational habits. We don't often think about these, but some people have a habit of criticizing and constantly finding fault with everyone and everything. For some people, they're in the habit of getting defensive and not wanting to take advice. And so if you give them a little bit of feedback or some advice, they push back. It's a habit. Some people are in the habit of gossiping. They get around a certain group of people and it's, hey, did you hear what so-and-so said? Did you hear what so-and-so did? It's a habit. You know, I wonder, what's one habit, one bad habit that you would like to break? Uh, Sometimes people ask me for verses to give encouragement when you struggle with a, a bad habit because, I mean, it can feel defeating and disappointing and discouraging to struggle with, with a bad habit. And so I want to share a verse with you. I don't know if this will encourage you, but it encourages me because it shows us that one of the godliest men in the entire Bible struggled and felt the same way that I often do. In Romans chapter 7, Paul opens his heart And he says, I don't really understand myself or I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. I know I can relate to that verse. And then he goes on in verse 19, I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Isn't that surprising? The apostle Paul struggled with a bad habit, just like many of us. You might wonder, well, what did Paul do to overcome it? What allowed Paul to become the man God wanted him to be? I'm going to tell you what Paul did at the end of the message uh, today, but I wanna start here. Even though we know a bad habit isn't good for us, I mean, why, it it is so hard to overcome. Why is it so difficult? Well, I wanna go back to a graph. I showed you the the first weekend because I think it helps us understand why a a bad habit is is so hard uh, to overcome. The first week I showed you this, this chart and this represents change in our life. This line here represents the results that we want. This line here represents time. And when we start a good habit, like Jared talked about last weekend, maybe we want to start a habit of exercise or eating healthy or reading our Bible every day. We expect, you know, immediate change, immediate transformation, immediate results up into the right. But experts tell us, no, that's not how change happens. Here's how change actually happens. Actually, at the beginning, there's There's hardly uh, any change at all. We don't see any transformation. But then over time, look at this, we begin to see big change in our our life. Now, do you remember what we called this period here, this, this, this period of waiting, this period of delay where we don't really see the results that we want? This is called the valley of disappointment. And this is why many New Year's resolutions, most New Year's resolutions don't even make it to Valentine's Day because we want fast results and we quit because we don't see them. But if you wanna wanna start a new habit and you push through the valley of disappointment, you're gonna see some big change, some big transformation in your life. But let me show you what happens with a bad habit. With a bad habit, it's the opposite. I mean, you see results right away. With, With a bad habit, you don't have to go through the valley of disappointment. And this is why it's so hard to overcome a bad habit. I mean, if you're having a rough day and uh, you eat a hot fudge sundae, I mean, that feels awesome. You know, that feels pretty good. If you hit the snooze button, instead of getting up early in the morning and exercising, it feels good to get that extra sleep. With a bad habit, we see immediate results. And in the moment, I mean, we think there's no downward spiral. You know, I can eat a hot fudge sundae and, you know, that's not a big uh, problem. I can 
uh, charge something on my credit card and, you know, that's not going to ruin my life. But the immediate results, the immediate gratification feels so good, we want to do it again. And that's why it's easy to start a bad habit that can lead us to major issues in our life. See, very few people ruin, very few people ruin their life in one moment with one decision. It's one bad decision that leads to another bad decision that leads to a bad habit. And if that bad habit does not get addressed, look at this, it can lead, it can lead us to a place in our life that we never ever wanted uh, to go. But I want you to notice something here. You know, watch this. A good habit is difficult to start. But look at this, it's very easy to live with it. A bad habit is easy to start, but it's very difficult, it's very hard to live with it. And so how do we address the bad habits in our life? Here's what I wanna do today. I wanna give you just some practical teaching from scripture about how to overcome a bad habit. Last weekend, Jared talked with us about how to start a good habit. And if you missed that message, go back and watch it. He did an excellent job. Here's what he said. He said, to start a good habit, you wanna make it obvious, you wanna make it easy, and you wanna make it involve community. Now, with a bad habit, we're just gonna flip the script. And instead of making it obvious, we're gonna make it invisible. Instead of making it easy, we're gonna make it uh, difficult. Now, the last part is the same, but with a bad habit, we may need to deal with some people who encourage us to continue a, a bad uh, habit. I'm gonna walk through these three. And then at the end, I'm gonna share with you the X factor for habit change. If you wanna start a good habit or if you wanna stop a bad habit, this X factor is gonna help you uh, to, to start it uh, or to kill it and to make it stick. Let's start with number one. What do we do with a bad, uh, stop a bad habit? First thing, first we make it invisible. We make it invisible. Something that amazes me about myself and, and some others is how long we'll try to stop a bad habit with our own strength, with our own self-control. We convince ourselves, I'm strong enough to overcome it. I can resist it on my own. But how many times have you thought I'm, you're strong enough to resist a bad habit and you fall into it. I can think of many examples uh, when I've done that. You know, one of the things I've, I struggle with in my life is uh, candy. Yeah, eating too much uh, candy. Yeah, I love uh, candy. I remember several years ago, somebody used a prop up on stage during a message on a, on a weekend. They had these jars filled with thousands, several thousand gumballs. Yeah, lots of gumballs. And it was a great illustration. It was a good message. But after the message, we had thousands of gumballs and we kept them in our office. And I remember uh, walking past one of our assistants, she would keep a jar of those gumballs um, on her desk. And I got into the habit of walking by her desk and grabbing a handful of uh, gumballs. And I would tell myself, it's just one handful. I can stop anytime, but it turned into a bad habit for me. In his book, The Power of uh, Habits, Charles Duhigg explains that there's actually a pattern that we follow to form habits all the time. There's a, there's, there's a cue, uh, something that triggers us. There's a, a response that becomes the habit. And then there's a, a, re, a reward. And so for me, I would uh, walk by the jar of gumballs. That would be the cue. I'd see the gumballs. That'd be the trigger. The response, I would grab a handful. And then the reward, 
I would, I would get this uh, sugar boost that I just uh, loved, this sugar rush. And so I just kept repeating that. But here's what you need to do to break a bad habit. You need to remove the cue. You need to make the cue as invisible as you, as you uh, can. And, and we encounter cues I mean, all the time. Emotions can be a cue. Time of day can be a cue. But I want to focus on visual cues for just a moment. And here's why. Because scientists tell us that, the, that, that most of the sensory receptors in our body are dedicated to vision. Most of our cues when it comes to habits are related to vision. For example, when it came to my uh, bad habit of the uh, gumballs, uh, breaking the gumball habit, I didn't pray it away. I didn't put a rubber band on my wrist and snap it every time I felt tempted to eat a, a gumball. No, here's what happened. Somebody finally removed the gumballs from the office. I didn't see them every day and my bad habit miraculously went away. If you wanna break a bad habit, Remove the cue and make it in, invisible. I want to show you what Jesus had to say about attacking and removing the cues and the triggers that we see. I'm going to read to you. This is one of the most misunderstood verses in the New Testament. It's a hard one for us to understand. But when we look at it through the lens of what Jesus knows about us and that the most powerful cues in our life are visual, I think it helps us to understand it. Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter six. Look at what he said. The eye is the lamp of the body. What you see is the lamp of the body. It guides you what to do. And then if your eyes are healthy, if you're looking at the right things, your whole body will be what? Full of, full of light. But then if you flip the script with a bad ha habit, if your eyes are unhealthy, you're looking at the wrong things, you keep looking at these visual temptations, what happens? Your whole body will be full of darkness. Here's my translation of the verse. If my eyes keep looking at gumballs, my body will be full of sugar. And this is helpful for understanding this radical powerful statement that Jesus also made in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5 where he said this, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It sounds extreme, but of course Jesus isn't speaking literally here, which is good because otherwise I wouldn't have any eyes, right? Jesus uses exaggeration and hyperbole to make a strong point that what you see dictates what you do. So if you keep seeing something that causes you to stumble, Jesus says, I'm asking you to remove it. I'm asking you to gouge it out. I'm asking you to do something painful and remove it and make it invisible. But part of us wants to push back, right? Part of me wants to push back and say, well, you know, I shouldn't have to remove gumballs. I should be strong enough to walk by and resist them. But I needed to make them invisible to break the habit. So what might this look like in your life? Let me share with you a few examples. If you struggle with uh, making brownies with ice cream, maybe you shouldn't carry ice cream in your refrigerator and brownies in your pantry so you walk past them all day long. Maybe you need to remove them and make them invisible. If you struggle with alcohol, maybe you shouldn't go to places where you see alcohol and feel tempted like a bar. If you continually feel like you're not good enough, or you don't have enough, maybe you should stop following people 
on social media that trigger jealousy and envy. If you waste too much time watching Netflix or TV, maybe you should remove the TV from your bedroom. If you want to fight against pornography, maybe you need to download a filter on your computer or lock out adult content on your, on your phone. Many phones, do you know this? Many phones have a feature where you can lock out adult content and make it password protected. I've locked out adult content on my phone and my wife has my password. Remove anything visually that might cause you to stumble. I wanna ask you a question that I think is a deep question. If you're not willing to remove a temptation, are you really willing to break the habit? I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He says, why resist a temptation tomorrow that you have the power to remove today? That's why Jesus said, if something visual causes you to stumble, you need to remove it. So first way to break a bad habit is we make it invisible so we don't even see it. Here's what we're gonna do, number two. We're gonna make it difficult. We're gonna make it difficult because sometimes success is more about making a, a bad habit difficult than a good habit easy. Remember, habits follow a, a pattern and we're not just gonna remove the cue. We're gonna make that response of falling into the habit really, really difficult. So what would that look like in your life? Well, if you have an Amazon problem, you go, you go on Amazon and click, 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 and you've spent several hundred dollars, maybe you need to turn off one-click purchases and make it a little more difficult. Or you've got a spouse or a friend to, to go into your account and change the password so that before you buy something, you've got to go through them. And that makes it more difficult for you. If you struggle hitting the snooze button, why don't you take your alarm clock or your phone, turn up the volume and put it in the bathroom so you gotta get up. It's harder to hit the snooze button when you have to get up out of bed. If you struggle with social media, why don't you delete the app and then if you wanna get on the app, you've gotta download it. Well, that'd be hard, that'd be an inconvenience. That's the point. I heard about one guy who uh, struggled with uh, overeating, especially at restaurants. Sometimes it can be difficult to order things at restaurants that fit your diet. And so he decided when he went to a restaurant that he would ask the server ahead of time to bring me only half the meal and box up the other half of the meal immediately. You know, at first I thought that sounds, that sounds really uh, difficult, but you know what? I wish I'd have done that last week. I, I had a meeting at a restaurant. I ordered a sandwich. It came. It was like twice as big as I thought. And so I thought to myself, I'm just going to eat half. And I'll box up the other half. But it was so good. I ate the, the whole thing. We convince ourselves, I can control it. I can stop myself. But I couldn't. Listen, if you're not willing to make a bad habit difficult, are you really committed to breaking that habit? Jesus said, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. It's easy. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Only a few find it. Doing the easy thing with a bad habit is gonna lead to a self-destructive path. That's why you need to make it difficult. You need to go through the narrow path with a bad habit. Something I'm, I'm trying to work on in, in my life 
is reducing screen time. Did you know that they say, experts say that the average person touches their phone uh, over 2,600 times a day. And the average person spends over two hours on social media. I'm trying to spend, I'm trying to spend less time on my uh, phone so that it doesn't dictate my life. And I want to spend more time with family and friends and God and focusing on the work that he has for me. Something I started doing recently, this is a little thing, but it's helping me, is just keeping my phone in a different room. I, I can still hear it, but it, I, I've got to get up and, and walk to a different room to get it, which, which makes it a, a little more difficult for me to get on my phone. One of the best ways to break any habit is to make it more difficult to do. Are you willing to make something difficult? Are you willing to make something painful because you want to break that habit? So number one, make it invisible. Number two, make it difficult. And then number three, make it involve the right community. If you want to break a bad habit, you need to look at who you surround yourself with. For example, in 1971, at the end of the Vietnam War, uh, the, uh, the army discovered uh, something stunning, some stunning information. They discovered 35% of the soldiers in the Vietnam War, 35% had tried heroin. And as many as 20% were addicted to heroin, one of the most addictive drugs in the world. Much, much worse problem than they thought. And so they assigned a man named Lee Robbins to do research. He followed soldiers who were addicted to heroin after they came home. And, and, and listen to what, what he found. Of those who were addicted to heroin in Vietnam, when they came back home within one year, only 5% of them were still addicted. Within three years, only 12% had experienced a relapse. In other words, about 90% of the soldiers addicted to heroin overcame their addiction overnight when they came home. What changed? What changed? Who they surrounded themselves with in the environment. In Vietnam, I mean, it was easy to fall into the bad habit because they lived in a stressful environment. They were surrounded by people addicted. They had easy access to the drugs. But when they came home, they're not surrounded by people who are addicted. They didn't have easy access to the drug. They changed their community and it killed their habit, which tells us if we want to break a bad habit, we have got to watch who we're around. Look at what Proverbs says about this. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. In other words, wisdom is contagious. Good habits are contagious. But foolishness and bad habits are also contagious. And many studies have affirmed the power of having the right people around you when it comes to breaking a bad habit. For example, if you want to lose weight or stop smoking, if you surround yourself with people who support and encourage you, it's much more likely that you will succeed. Here's the principle I think the scriptures teach. It's hard to fall into a bad habit when you're surrounded by the right people. And one of the best ways that you can start surrounding yourself with the right people is to start attending one of our groups. We got a bunch of groups getting ready to start. Uh, start attending one of the alpha groups or one of the life groups. Come to celebrate recovery on Monday night. They've got a, a bunch of groups 
that help people with a variety of uh, habits. Stop at the, at the uh, connect wall if you'd like to find out more about groups. Here's my observation. The people that I see who struggle the least with bad habits, they, they don't have this extraordinary willpower, this heroic willpower. The people with the best self-control structure their life so they don't need heroic willpower. The people with the best willpower, the best self-control, they limit the tempting situations that they put themselves in. I've heard it said this way, people with the most self-control, they're the ones who need it the least because they make it invisible. They make it difficult and they surround themselves with the right kinds of people. And so let me ask you again, what's one habit? One habit that you wanna break in 2021 to see the life transformation that you want to experience this year. And I want to encourage you to address it now. You know, maybe that bad habit, maybe it's a foothold in your life right now. It's got limited power in your life. You need to address it before it grows and becomes a stronghold in your life with even more power. Don't let a foothold become a stronghold. Don't put it off, address it now. Maybe the stakes, maybe, maybe the need is great right now. Maybe there's a relationship in your, in your life that is falling apart because of it. Maybe you're feeling frustrated because of your finances. Maybe there's an addiction in your life that you fall into more than you would like to admit. Maybe you struggle with anxiety. Breaking this habit will help you experience so much more freedom and joy and peace and better relationships. And so here's something that, that might help you get started. Take one of these cards. We've got these cards that we're giving out at the exits on your, on your way out. If you're watching online, click the, the, the link and, and uh, you can access this card. And I wanna encourage you, take this card. We put some room for you to write down one habit that you wanna break in your life. Not 20 habits. Just pick one habit. What's one habit that God is, is calling you to break? Write it down. And uh, you're going to make it invisible and you're going to make it dif difficult and you're going to involve the right community. But there's one more X factor. An X factor is something that can have the most impact on the uh, outcome. I want to show you the X factor of habit change as we uh, wrap up this series. Remember how Paul opened up his, his heart uh, in Romans chapter seven, he said, I wanna uh, do what is good, but I don't, I, I don't wanna do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Paul talks about his struggles. He keeps struggling with, with, with the same thing over and over. And then in the next verse, uh, Paul does what many of us do. And he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Paul had a bad habit. And he associates it with who he is. A bad habit can distort our identity. It's so easy for us to do. And when we lose hope and think that we're a miserable person, I mean, we just fall back into those old habits. Instead, here's the X factor for habit change. Paul says, who will, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, I think we've taught some really good principles in this series about habit change. But the key, the X factor to habit change is not a principle. It is a person. 
It is Jesus Christ because he changes your identity. He changes your heart. He changes your life from the inside out. And when you give your life to Jesus, he gives you the power to break those bad habits and to start good habits. This is the X factor of habit change. On the back of the card, we put, we put some verses that talk about our new identity in Jesus, like this one from 2 Corinthians. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. The only way to become who you wanna be is to invite Jesus to change who you are. And maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life, or maybe you need to renew that decision. Let us know if you're making a decision today to give your life to Jesus. Fill out that uh, welcome card. It's in the seat back in front of you. You can click on the link online. Stop by the uh, Welcome Center in the lobby. Let us know. We want to celebrate with you, and we want to encourage you. Jesus is the X factor of habit change, and with Jesus in your life. Keep this card as a reminder that I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm breaking this habit in my life, this bad habit in my life through Jesus. Here's my hope for you that one day will turn into two and two days will turn into three and three days will turn into a week and one week will turn into three weeks and three weeks will turn into a lifetime. A lifetime, a lifetime where you can be set free. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this uh, series and making us aware of the powerful role that habits play in our lives. I pray that we would get honest and and vulnerable with ourselves and and maybe others about picking one habit that we want to kill because we want to experience the life transformation that you have for us. We want to become the best version of ourselves. God, I I lift up those who have yet to take the step of giving their life to you. Would you give them the courage to decide to take that step today? And for all of us, would you give us the courage to just take whatever next step we need to take to overcome a bad habit? Father, these things, they just slip into our lives and we want to get rid of them. We will do the hard things to make it happen. God, thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives and our church. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.